Cosmos. How are you? Episode Hello. 65, you doing alright? Yeah, I'm okay, thanks. You? I'm alright, thanks. Tell the truth. I'm just feel, feeling a wee bit run down, but it's fine. It's going to be fine. You, you look you look a little bit like um, Kevin Sullivan's master. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite as bad as the master. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I say, episode 65, we're still in the Halloween season and we're actually... In the Halloween season, which is novel. Yeah. yeah. Have you started your Halloween uh, viewing? Um, not, not really. I, I was trying to think about any horrors I've watched recently, um, but I think it's all been linked to what we've been doing. Um, when it comes to, I've, I've got a few that are particular favourites uh, when it comes to this time of year, so I'll probably end up watching something along the lines of Halloween, not to be too inventive, uh, mm. but Halloween, um, and I, I still I've got a soft spot for The Shining, so it's it's the time of year where I, I consider doing that. What about you? Ah, both of them are two of my favourites as well. To be fair, I do like Devil's Rejects. It's not particularly nice. not particularly Halloweeny, but I do like to watch Halloween. Yeah, around about this time as well. Um, I may delve into some of the others because I've not seen many. I've seen Halloween one and two. I've seen H2O, I've, is it Resurrection that's got Buster, yeah. Rhyme, Buster Rhymes in it, I've seen that, uh, and of course the Rob Zombie versions that yeah. we saw Halloween, well we saw, we've saw both of them at the pictures didn't we, but Halloween 2 was, uh, yeah, the Rob we... Zombie version was particularly interesting. Yeah, I don't think we might, I thought we, think that we thought the first one was okay. It was, And then, yeah. and then uh, the second one, it was it was something. There's there's like a white horse just appears or something yes. like that. And I remember yep. at that moment thinking, nah, nah, this this isn't for me. Do you think they were like, just listen, Rob? We've seen some of your films. Like you can include your sort of your hick redneck type characters <laughs> and your dialogue. That's fine, but let's just stick to. There's a character called Michael, and he's a killer, and he hates his sister. We're just going to stick to that. So he, for the first one, he was like. And you know he stuck to it, and he did all right. Although mm-hmm. they did, he did go right into his background, didn't he? Yeah, um, and I'm, is... I'm never sure about that. And I feel like a, a horror film is it like it probably fits well with Sam, and then Sam. I, I don't want to know. I want to just believe that I'm I'm sitting in my house, and the crazed person could just be my next door neighbour, and maybe they've just snapped. You know, exactly. You don't need yeah. to delve away into his yeah his trauma of his past. Part mm-hmm. of the the mystique and the, the the sort of thing that's terrifying about him is you've no idea who it is or or yeah. why he is the way he is. Yeah. Anyway, on the second one, he went off the rails. Anyway, <laughs> we're getting off topic. We're still Halloween havocing for our sins. Can you believe? Can you believe that they're getting worse? I we we started quite well and then 
Like, there were it's... a series of bad ones. And then there was one that I think was okay. Like, <laughs> and then, oh, th- this is bad. Like, and, and we'll, we'll get there when we talk about it. But this, this was really bad. This was really bad. <laughs> we, we started off with, like, 89 was just, like, whole new, brand new world to us. And we were just mm-hmm. like, this is amazing. We loved Maybe that's revisionist history, but I think they liked 89 we, we, quite a lot. Yeah, we enjoyed it. Yeah. 90 yeah. 91 were all right. We had stuff yeah. with like um, Faru, uh, Ron Simmons uh, uh, and, mm-hmm. and all that. And we had yeah. some great tag team stuff. 92 93 had the questionable booking as far as every single match had to have yeah. a dodgy finish. Yeah. What are we doing now? We're in full on panto land <laughs> now. We'll get in there. But first, we shall start with our 1995 film, uh, which was Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight, um, which is obviously uh, a sort of film version come off of the, the Tales from the Crypt TV series, the franchise. This yep. is the first feature film that, that they tried to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you've seen it before and I hadn't. Well, I'll give a little synopsis of this story. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Okay. The film follows the story of Breaker, played by William Sadler, who possesses a key that can unlock an ancient artifact capable of unleashing evil forces upon the world. A demon collector, played by Billy Zane, in an Oscar-worthy performance, <laughs> relentlessly pursues Breaker and the key, leading to a battle for survival in a remote hotel. Uh, some of the cast in this included, now I've just looked up that gentleman's name, William Sadler as Breaker. Uh, we had Billy Zane, um, we had Jada Pinkett Smith, um, and a few other recognisable faces, although I didn't, you know, like I couldn't pick the actors yeah. out, but some recognisable faces. Who was the guy that was Roach again? That guy was. He's oh, that was stuff. Thomas Hayden Church. Yeah, yeah. He was an yeah. asshole. Um, how did you enjoy your experience of Demon Knight? Tales from the Crypt, I, Demon Knight. I, I don't think I enjoyed it as much as I did in my younger days when I watched it. I thought it was fine. Like it was like a, a bit of a, a bit of a lark, a bit of a like a romp. It wasn't. There's nothing overly clever in it. Um, it's just a whole lot of you know. It it's not too. It, it's a, is it a horror? I suppose it is a horror, but maybe just. Um, yeah. And there's some funny bits in it. There's some terrible, just rubbish bits in it. Um, but I definitely enjoyed it more when I watched it years ago. And also, the other disappointing thing was, I've touched on this before, I bought the soundtrack for this on CD, and I loved the soundtrack of it. And there are a whole lot of songs that I loved on that CD that don't seem to feature in the film at all. I wondered about that, because I think I heard one sort of, <laughs> yeah. you know, right right at the very start. I couldn't put my finger on who it might have been. You might be able to tell me, but I, I heard a song and I thought, oh, that's probably somebody decent. Yeah, Do- like I, I remember hearing like Pantera on the soundtrack, Sepultura yes. on the soundtrack, um, some bands that like metal bands that I loved in my youth, and I'm listening, waiting for the songs, and they're just not coming. Did I hear Cemetery Gates when they were? Yeah, I think Cemetery Thomas Gates. Had... Right, yeah. right, 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 nice, nice, yeah. nice, like that. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite Pantera songs. Well, that's a, that was disappointing then because you did talk it up. You talked up the Crow soundtrack. I think that mm-hmm. was. 
that was merited, but I yeah, there wasn't much. Do you know what? Yeah. Do, you, do you know what this uh, film felt to, like? Take away the the um, nakedness, which they were <laughs> throwing in there just for they were going for it with that. I mean, two lot. seconds in, we got a big old set right in front of us. But uh, you know, like take that away, and and this felt a little bit like this the old um, was it eighties or nineties ch- children's Goosebumps TV show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I get that. And there's, you know, there's some moments of a bit of gore, and but it's over the top, so it doesn't come across as overly violent because it's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Uh, so it doesn't make you go Ooh, like Billy Zane putting his fist through the policeman's head and then oh, pulling was, the head that. off. The top. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow, like I, I, I didn't love it, but. I don't know, Billy Zane was perfect for this role. <laughs> it just he just threw him th- down to the ground. He was doing a thing where he was in his own film. Yeah. You know when you get an actor or an actress that just does that and you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> were just, he was having the time of his life. Yeah. I'd say to you, it's felt a bit like The Mask mixed with uh, From Dust Till Dawn. Um, yeah. And if yeah. somebody heard that, it would be like, oh my God, this seems like the greatest <laughs> film of all time. But maybe it's- like... The B version of that. Yeah, it's not as good as The Mask or From Dust Till Dawn. But <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, it's still better than Brain Dead, at least. You know, I made well, it through go. it without too many issues. It just, uh, yeah, I wouldn't watch it again. Fair enough. Um, let me see if I've got some trivia. Well, apparently, we seem to be coming across this phrase, cult classic, an awful lot, don't we? Apparently, <laughs> yeah. this is a cult classic. Um, I think it sent us both back on a little bit of a search to see if we can find some more old tales from the crypt so at least it had yeah. a sort of lasting mm-hmm. impact uh, okay there's not much to tell you trivia wise the film features an appearance by John Casser who provided the voice for the crypt keeper I found the crypt keeper quite annoying yeah yeah cuz like i i had a i had a, a vhs tape that had like maybe three tales from the crypt stories on it and uh, again, I was very young. I was probably like, I don't know, a teenager or something watching these episodes. And I found them hilarious. And I found that the, the, the stories, I'd be really keen to go back and see the stories. Because I remember thinking, like, on the video, there was a really good one, an average one, and a poor one. So it does make me think, if I could recognise there and then that some of them were poor, maybe some of them were really good. Mm. Nice. It must have been. When When was that? Was that early 90s or was it late 80s? Um, yeah, well, this not, was 95, wasn't it? And it was their first yeah. film, so it was probably early 90s. Yeah, because I think the TV show was established by the time the the, fil- the first film came out. Okay. Um, yeah. I think but, I uh, bought the video when I wasn't supposed to. I think I was pretty underage <laughs> for that. 89, the first episodes came out. Okay. It must have been, you know, we had Creep Show round about this yeah. era. We had Tales from the Dark Side. What was the film with the John Carpenter body bags? Body bags. That was yeah. a bit similar to this. Yeah. Um, there's another one that I'm thinking that I can't think. But yeah, if if I, I would, I love this. I love this idea. This anthology mm-hmm. style stuff. I know we get with Black Mirror. Yeah. Um, and there was the Guillermo del Toro. What was that called Cabinet of Curiosities or something yeah, like that? Yeah, some of them I were a bit. That. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, all for more anthologies. Bring them all back. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, they went and made another film in 1996 called Bordello of Blood, uh, yeah. which I considered suggesting that we might watch next time, but it's apparently absolutely honking. I've never, I've never seen it. <laughs> so okay. there we go. That okay. was Tales from a Crypt Demon Night. I think it's a kind of thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's maybe like a yeah, a, 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 yeah, maybe a four, a watchable three or four out of ten for, nice. for that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, with that out of the way, let's get let's get this wrestling pay per view. Possibly one of the worst wrestling pay per views I've ever seen, <laughs> and I don't say that lightly because we've seen a lot of them. Oh, I was Halloween immediately. Havoc. I was immediately yes. disappointed because I wanted to see more like Tony Schiavone in some sort of short film at the start and yeah, none of that. It was so sick. Well, I say it was so successful. How successful can something like that be? But it was class. <laughs> but um, aye, no such luck. We're back in the Joe Lewis arena. I believe we were there for 1994. Um, the sort of caricature and campness comes over. Almost immediately with the the videos, uh, we're in sort of He-Man territory with the giant being oh, uh, shown as this like, big evil looking thing, and straight in we see the monster trucks, and I was like, oh no, oh is this the pay per view with the monster trucks? Absolutely devastated. Have you seen <laughs> this before? No, you seen the monster trucks or anything before? No, but I'd. I'd heard about it. I'd heard the fact that there was like a rooftop monster truck sumo match on a pay-per-view or something. I was like, all right, okay. No. <laughs> I probably just hope to never accidentally stumble upon that. But yeah, here we, here are. we are. Here we are. The uh, So it's Shivani and Heenan on commentary again. So at least we've got the brain. Uh, they immediately show us Hogan and Giant. They're each in their monster trucks and they're revving them at each other. And I mean, they're early to their seats. Are they just going to sit there for two hours? Hogan's back all seized up. Um, and uh, Shivoni tells us that as they went on air, Arn Anderson and Brian Pillman attacked Ric Flair, um, which will lead into storyline later on as Arn and Pillman are taking on Sting and Flair. Yeah, it's one of those interesting things when you watch these in isolation, even if you ignore the fact that we had Ric Flair retired <laughs> at the last one, um, you'd, you'd always associated Flair to be with Arn Anderson in you know, one way or another, either directly or just part of the same wider group. But even at the start of this, uh, Heenan is on Flair's back and he's criticising yeah. for the decisions he's made and things like that. So I've got I've got my, I've clearly blamed Hogan for a lot of what goes on here because my, my notes basically say so Hogan's gone dark but not gone heel. He's still Hulk Hogan he's opposing the giant who is in a heel group. Monster tracks? Fuck off Hogan. Um, and then I've got uh, the dynamics definitely changed between Flair and Heenan. I didn't even know this ever happened because yeah. um, he, he's always been a Flair guy, Bobby Heenan. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm probably several times in my notes blaming Hogan for this entire debacle. Probably quite rightly. Um, OK, let's get the first match. It is Diamond Dallas Page with the Diamond Doll and Max Muscle. Max Muscle. Versus Johnny B. Bad for the world 
Television Championship. We get some build up to this, but I did not take any notes about it, and I cannot remember the build up. So you might you might have something about it. Um, so Johnny B. Bad was supposed to have had a title shot against Sting, which I assume was for the US title. Yep. Um, he didn't make it to the show, and everyone's like, "How could he miss the show for his biggest biggest match of his career, biggest match of his life?" And he turns up, and he's late, and he's missed it, and he's being interviewed, and he's like, "I had a flat tire. I I, I couldn't get here." And then it, one way or another, it, it quite quickly becomes clear that DDP was involved in uh, the flat tire situation um and we get what i think was my first ever introduction to max muscle i don't i don't remember this guy um and yeah so it's it's going to lead to a uh, ddp who is the tv champion defending his title against uh, johnny b bad that's right max muscle had stood next to johnny b bad saying ah it's tough luck getting four <laughs> flat tires before your t- big title yeah, match and johnny b bad Given it full over the top theatrical yeah. acting. I didn't say four tires, I say four. <laughs> um, so there we go. Yeah. Right from the off, we got a fake Johnny V. Bad coming out down the aisle, uh, and the real one sneaks in the ring. Um, so he's obviously having to take some uh, some extra some extra precautions to get past Mac, Mac, Max Muscle. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of this match? Well, Jink has seen early Diamond Dallas Page. This must be pretty early in his WCW. Yeah, I've I've got some stuff about him. Like he's he's not there yet in terms of character and personality that he's he's gonna go on to become. Um, he's I don't I don't know that he was ever you know athletically brilliant. I think he's he's just kind of doing his his move set. I think he was uh, quite a good seller, um, pretty over the top, but I think that's maybe just to to be fair, that probably continued through most of his big run as well. I think he came across as a kind of larger than life Hmm. type character. Um, I don't think he'd quite got the psychology element yet. Um, I don't don't think that's quite landed. I wouldn't say I watched this and thought, ah, yeah, but you could see what star he was going to become. <laughs> uh, I would have watched this and thought, yeah, this guy is like, you know, sort of lower card. Um, that's that's just what he is. But you know, fair play, he obviously improved in a lot of ways. I, this the the whole match. We've talked about Johnny B. Bad. What feels like quite a lot of times recently, and it there's there's kind of nothing that grabs me um, going on there. <laughs> Um, have you ever heard this criticism that that DDP was in cahoots with Bischoff and and he used yeah. this as an opportunity to get longer matches on cards? Yeah, yeah, I, I know that they were. I don't think it's ever been disputed that they were close. Um, I think they were pretty close friends, and yeah, that story's definitely been out there. Ah, right, okay. So I'd never, I never knew this, and uh, on. I just thought this match seemed to go on forever. <laughs> it was so long. Um, I think what, yeah, I've got my notes here. We're we're seventeen minutes in, and we're still at like lots of sleeper attempts by mm-hmm. DDP. Yeah, uh, it went I It went too long for my liking. I was also confused about the rules and going over the top rope. Yeah, um, one of the commentators mentioned it in the first match, and then. Yeah, like literally a few moves later, both guys went over the top rope, and there was nothing mentioned. Yeah, I was a bit confused with that. They they seem to be 
this is, I think, one of the big difficulties when you watch these year on year because they seem to be trying to tell the story of uh, Diamond Doll maybe not being happy with being with DDP. I think that's yep. his real life wife at the time, I think. Uh, yeah, that's... I think so. Kimberly, is it? <laughs> yeah. Um, and she's kind of, you know, reacting to Johnny B. Bad. But it feels when this is in isolation, like you haven't earned it for any kind of payoff because you haven't established them yet. But obviously we're just dipping into this. So it, but because of that, you don't you don't care. You're like, nah. oh, well, whatever. <laughs> um, and things like that can grip you as well if it's uh-huh. done well and, and all that. But yeah. we're just like, no. Um, yeah. Johnny B. Bad eventually ends up winning the, the TV title after Max Muscle, what I've got here is inadvertently hits DDP with a really shit lariat. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it, because it didn't look even like position properly. I couldn't properly tell if it was supposed to be a punch, a forearm smash, or a clothesline, and maybe it was just all a little <laughs> it's all bit. Of them. Yeah, a little bit of everything, maybe. So there we go. I think we see Johnny B. Bad later on, and he's acting like he's never actually won this belt, despite I'm fairly sure he was he was um, he was yeah. he was defending it last year against Honky Tonk Man, was he not? I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, match two. A match two is better because very short, and we get a fan favorite. <laughs> so match two is the Zodiac, oh. who is the brother Brutai, who is dressed as some sort of zebra unicorn what, what hybrid. Was it? I didn't like. I I I heard the introduction as the Zodiac, and I'm like, I think we had we looked at the card before, and yeah. we looked at it last week, and I was like, oh. I don't know what this is going to look like or what it's going to be, but I didn't. I, I still don't understand what it was supposed to look like and be. No, me neither. It, it said he was representing the Dungeon of Doom. It's funny because mm-hmm. last year, uh, last year, Hollywood, uh, God Almighty, Halloween Havoc '94, it was the big reveal that it was the brother uh-huh. Brutai who was the masked man, and you're thinking this is his push to to stardom, yep. and and here he is getting squashed after. Yeah, in match two, it was supposed to be Kamala versus Macho Man Randy Savage, uh-huh. but Kamala yeah. no showed after getting paid eight hundred dollars for a um, for a main event match against Hogan, uh, oh. and he was in disgust at that. So. Yeah, I can I can understand that. It doesn't seem like Fair enough. Play. The, 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 they sort of talk about the fact that if so if Savage wins this match and Luger beats Meng later on then Savage yeah. and Luger will have a match yeah. The, yeah nothing beyond that though nothing beyond it, to explain why aha uh-huh. yeah what's it for is it to be number one content is there a because there's, there's a sort of running story I think that they touch on a few times about Savage, Luger and Sting and they basically seen together and having conversations together and all that and they're Supposed to all be good guys, but are they in cahoots against Hogan, which I think the Dungeon of Doom are trying to play to that story. Um but yeah, there's no there's no explanation as to as to what you get having won these matches. So we're in we're in October and Bash at the Beach will be August. Yeah. So not not too far from a Hogan he'll turn in, and those are the three represent WCW, are they? Luger, Sting, and Savage? No. Yeah, 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 yeah. it is. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, 
A really interesting thing happens in this match, and it's the most exciting thing so far in the pay-per-view. Some random guy jumps in the ring. Yes. And I've seen videos of guys jumping in the ring when Savage has been wrestling before, and Savage beats the crap out of them normally. Mm-hmm. But he, he doesn't seem interested. Yeah, because do they, do they quickly take it to the outside, I think? Uh-huh. Um, and the fan gets dealt with, I think, by security. Um, so you don't really see... Basically, the announcers are telling you, you know, somebody has jumped in the ring, and you're probably thinking for a couple of seconds, is this is this going to be a thing? And then it becomes clear when they don't put the camera on in the ring, nah, this is, clearly is just a guy that's jumped in the ring. But yeah, you, you do hear, you would, I think you could get an absolute ass kicking doing that, you know, in the in the older days. And Savage definitely has been in some stories about that kind of thing. Yep. Um, I, I can't think if I was a fan. And I'm looking, seeing these two massive guys. I'm, I'm not thinking I'm going to get in there. Damn, I'm no. happy that there's a barrier. I'm, I'm staying <laughs> behind it. B.B. Anderson sort of takes care of the guy along with some, some yeah. security. Uh, this match is really short. I think the brother yeah. Brute Eye is injured um, in real life. Savage hits the elbow and, and it's over. I had so, wondered if it was supposed to be even shorter if they uh, if they if hadn't the guy, had to recently uh, get the guy out of the ring. Um, Savage's music's quite funny. I don't know if this uh, this this must have been his his jump over year. I assume uh-huh. ninety five. Yeah, yeah. His, his music's funny because I guess that sort of that music must just be free uh-huh. music. That but it's you know it's like. It's like Star Spangled Banner electric guitar style, ah, but but yeah. but, uh, but Savage's music is quite funny. Yeah, cause um, I, yeah, I'd, I'd thought that. I assume they could have probably just used the actual same music, but they've decided to try and jazz it up a wee bit. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> uh, okay, we're backstage with the con man Mean Gene. He's selling the hotline, oh. and he actually says, "Folks, please." He shouts it. It's like Corner Beckham, please. <laughs> oh, amazing. That was great. Uh, Johnny B. Bad comes in and he starts putting over, you know, never give up and all that sort of pish. It's just mm-hmm. like, that's not what we're looking for from. Well, we're not looking for anything from you, Johnny, but certainly not. You're right. It was very much first first milestone achieved type talk. Mm-hmm. Um, when in fact, if you look at it, he's not moved forward at all. He's still no. in the same spot. And he, yeah, yeah. It's funny. I was what what was the, it was the first TNA pay per view that I watched. So when would that have been? Two thousand and four, I think it was. And he was one of the first matches on that card. Johnny really? B. Bad in yeah. 2004, so 10 years later. Mm-hmm. Imagine having to go back to that gimmick after. So, what we want from you, Mark, <laughs> is um, you remember that little Richard character that you played 10 <laughs> years ago? Yeah, you'd be a bit gutted, I think. <sighs> uh, match number three had a, bit, a little bit of a backstory. Uh, it's going to be Road Warrior Hawk versus Kurosawa with Colonel Robert Parker. Um, we're in October. We're told that in August, Kurosawa broke Hawk's arm. Yeah. Uh, Hawk does not have any sort of anything protective. Or I think he maybe has a bit of tape, to be fair to him. Um, 
on his arm. I think the announcer announces it as a special return match. Mm-hmm. It was not a special match of any description. Mm-hmm. What do you think of Kurosawa versus Road Warrior Hawk? I thought Kurosawa had quite the look. Like he just had a bit of a, a crazy look about him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think I'd ever the name for for whatever reason the name rang a bell, but I don't think I'd ever seen this guy before. Um, and I thought, you know, I, I don't have any. There's nothing in me that thinks I want to watch Road Warrior Hawk as a single. <laughs> I, I I just not. There's. Well. Like, yeah, yeah. Is that is that the full extent of the interview? If, if yeah, that's it. Like, I, I just I thought well they've they've clearly thought right these two guys are tough they're strong and they're just going to go at each other and I think you you sort of they're playing up to the fact Hawk because he goes very like aggressive and on the front foot that he is looking for revenge about the arm and Kurosawa is just basically trying to take the arm constantly which is what you would do I suppose um, but again the match I just wasn't interested <laughs> I um, there's a couple of things here that, that made me chuckle uh, we've watched uh, war games uh, with Hawk and Animal, yeah. great war games match can't remember who else was in it yeah. um, I think the, uh, the Freebirds were in it as well on the other side mm-hmm. anyway Hawk yeah. won the the war games match using his his neck breaker which I think we touched on at the time we thought it looked mm-hmm. pretty brutal yeah but, but Kurosawa kicked out it yeah which yeah. was yeah, it's, it's strange um, what else was I laughing at oh no it's later on it's after the match uh, yeah I think they kind of they made a bit of a a bumful of the finish didn't they um, Kurosawa hits a Samoan drop. Uh, he uses the second rope to pin Hawk mm-hmm. and also Colonel Robert Parker's holding Hawk down as well. It doesn't mm-hmm. seem to make sense to have the babyface come back in a special return match um, from a broken arm and then get cheated out the a, Yeah. Like, things like the him kicking out of the, the Hawk's move, which we've been sold as, you know, supposed to be a pretty, a pretty uh, devastating move, I think I would get it if you fast forward a few months and Kurosawa's climbing up the card and, you know, heading headed in mm-hmm. that direction, but I'm not sure we'll ever really hear much of him again. Nah. Nah, that could, it could, have, been, it could have been going on like a sort of limb-breaking mm-hmm. run yeah. of legends yeah. or something. Um, Shivoni's trying to summarise what happened at the end and then he just, he, he sort of gives up and he goes, Brain, it's your turn to talk. <laughs> Uh, kind of sums things up, doesn't it? Yep. Uh, backstage with Mean Gene and Randy Savage. <laughs> I bet you loved this. I did. Absolutely loved this. For some reason, Mean Gene and Savage get in an argument about beards and moustaches. And I'm fairly sure that's not the purpose of him being there. Hey. It's it's part with it because Macho Man is you know is is intense self and he's talking about Hogan not being able to separate business from friendship, um, and it just comes seemingly out of the blue. When he says to, I mean, Gene, your moustache is crooked. <laughs> and I mean, Gene fires back about Savage's beard, and then it's kind of like they make up. <laughs> they, they yeah. 
come back together. It was so weird, but it really made me laugh. Minjin's such a little bitch. Like, he just... He's always there with his fist in the air. What about you, though? Sort of thing. Just let him. Um, And then he's like, I don't know how we got onto this anyway. (laughs) Savage is... What is Savage saying he's curious about? Is he curious about... What happens with Hogan and, and the giant, maybe? Is it the monster trucks, I think? Yes, maybe. that's yeah. what it is. It's his curiosity yeah. is killing him, just like the get wood. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh. Give us savage problems oh, every pay-per-view, please. He does say as well that he is going to make sure that Luger beats Meng. And I'm like, oh, it's, it's, he's very keen for this match with Luger. Okay. He did not, then... He didn't follow through on that, did he? Well, I don't um, think he gets involved at all, does he? No. no. That absolute clown Kevin Sullivan does. Nah, anyway. Right. Uh, our next match on the card sees ECW legend Sabu take on fellow ECW wrestler. Uh, that's what Jerry Lynn's most probably known for, eh? ECW, yeah, is that yeah, fair? I think so. um, yeah. Jerry Lynn looking like a purple Power Ranger with a mask and the so Mr. JL has been billed as. I, I was quite see when I because I, I think maybe at the time when we were going through the car we were like Mr. JL okay and I, I I don't think I'd looked to see who that was going to be and then the match starts and I'm I'm quite enthusiastic for this I'm like okay bit of Sabu and Jerry Lynn I can I can definitely work with this so would they give it like two minutes or something? Oh, so short. It was like, just, Sabu must have wrestled in ECW before. It kind of felt like they were like, go and do the things that we've seen you yeah. doing. Yeah. Quickly. Um, the Sheik is with Sabu. Unlucky for him, he's not taken that much uh, notice of what's going on because <laughs> Sabu hits an Asai Moonsault and nails the Sheik. Brutal. It's absolutely brutal. He did not see it coming at all. So I, I, I wound it back just to have another look at it. Yeah, he is totally blindsided by that. And I'm looking thinking, the Sheik is not a young man. This nah. isn't the kind of bump he needs to be being hit by. We, we definitely get like the sort of um, greatest hits from Sabu. He does all these leg drops and, uh-huh. and b- bounces off the ropes and whatnot. Slingshot, moonsaults, and is that is there that was... his finishing move? This the sort of yeah, slingshot yeah. I've I've written in my notes quite early on. <laughs> They're getting a lot of stuff in quickly, but then Hogan's probably only allowed them ninety seconds, so he can drive <laughs> a monster truck around later. <laughs> <laughs> And I didn't realise at that point just how brief the match would actually be. <laughs> Sabu does this sort of victory roll type thing off the top rope, which looks like it's going to be spectacular, and then it looks a little bit like a primary school gymnast routine. wasn't particularly yeah. impressed by that. Anyway, yeah. Sabu hits his Arabian Nights moonsault or whatever it is. Uh, and then the Sheik, I guess to, to make sure he gets his payday, hits, <laughs> hits Jerry Lynn inexplicably with a fireball after the match yeah. is done. Yeah. Brain it is just, outraged. It just seemed mean. It just it did. seemed it did. unnecessary. He was well beaten. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, we go what appears to be the top of the ramp. Uh, and this is where this pay-per-view, if it wasn't bad enough, this starts to <laughs> drive down shit house Boulevard. Like, this is awful. 
Is, is this the first moment, or did it happen earlier, where I became aware and I remembered that they were trying to sell the giant as being Andre the Giant's kid? Mm. Like, rather than just have the fact, this guy's massive, by the way, and you're in a world of trouble, because look at the size of him. They, they've gone for the full, you body slammed Andre the Giant at WrestleMania 3, and now his son is here to get revenge. Okay. Is this what he's shouting about the father? Is that yeah. what that, uh, Okay, yeah. so we've got Kevin Sullivan with his face paint, and what I've got my notes is some mentalist shouting his head off about the sun and the moon. This guy is called the Master, and I think I said to you, he looks like a He Man villain. Yeah. He's this like was... fat and bald, but then like covered in dark green. What? Makeup? Mm. Sludge? I would have said sludge. It's got a sludge look to it. But what? What is this? <laughs> this is where this is so campy and stupid. Was this supposed to be frightening? I, I, I honestly couldn't tell because you've got Sullivan there who has a bit of an odd look himself at this point because I think he's got like. Has he got, like, some face paint colours uh-huh. on his face and stuff? Yep. And I'm looking, thinking, right, I don't quite know where they're going for this, but he's obviously, you know, he's in charge of the Dungeon of Doom, really. He's, this this guy is at the top of this. And they're talking about, oh, they, they, he's basically just shouting at Sullivan, who's kind of nodding for, <laughs> for a while, and it's, it's a weird dynamic. Um, and I always remember thinking that the Dungeon of Doom would have seemed like a WWF gimmick from like late 80s or early mm-hmm. 90s or something like that. Um, whereas WCW was always supposed to be the more, you know, hard hitting, the more realistic, the more sort of true to life storylines and things like that. But Kevin Sullivan was always, he was never a WWF guy. He was, no. And I think he had quite a big role in creative. And I wondered if he just... Has he just jumped the shark at this point? Is is he thought that this is the way to go? Apparently what they were doing was, and it chimes with the Kamala thing that said earlier, apparently what they're doing is taking, they're wanting to have these giant heels, like monstrous heels that Hogan's just going through. But they've taken that to an absolute extreme. <laughs> like you can yeah. have big, formidable heels without them being like cartoon yeah, uh, that's uh, that guy is one of the worst things I've ever seen on any wrestling show. It was so much worse than. Do you remember the the Black Scorpion stuff? Oh, which was quite remember the Black Scorpion stuff. Of course, was quite entertaining. Uh-huh. This is maybe an example of where you've gone wrong with this nah. type of thing. Yeah. Oh dear. Uh, oh, they start uh, talking about the Yeti, the Yeti. here as well. Yep. Yeah. Heenan says, so there, there must be referring to like a WCW Saturday night, and Heenan says he left before the Yeti appeared and he doesn't want anything to do with them. <laughs> I wondered if that's his way of saying, please don't, please don't tar me with this brush. <laughs> <laughs> the Yeti. Why does he say it like that? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. This man is not a Yeti. Tell me that. Um, match number five is Meng with Kevin Sullivan taking on Lex Luger. Uh, mm, yep, go on. Yeah. <laughs> this goes well too long again. Yeah, this 
this went on for seemingly <laughs> hours. I also like I don't I don't think I want to see Meng in matches. I liked him being the intimidating guy standing on the outside. That worked. Yep. Here he, he's he's not very good. He's very limited in what he can do. But I fully believe he is a scary as shit guy. So yeah, just use him in a different way. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. He's the enforcer, the scary yeah. enforcer on the side. Yeah. Unless there's nobody jumping in the ring when Meng's fighting. By the <laughs> way. No. Uh, this has an absolutely shocking ending, and not in the oh my god, did that just happen way, but what the fuck did that just happen? <laughs> uh, Meng has a golden spike. He pops it on his thumb, which is all taped up, Umaga style. He hits Luger with it, who hits the deck, and. We get the one, the two. Sullivan sort of traipses into the ring as if any time will do and tries to like knock dust off a Luger. <laughs> it's the softest little uh, stomp that you've seen in your life mm-hmm. that gets Meng disqualified. Meng's clearly not in on the swerve and he's annoyed mm-hmm. at uh, Sullivan. Yeah. So I was trying to, as we were going, piece this together in my head, thinking, right, is there a reason Sullivan wants Luger to face Savage, rather than just going straight to maybe the slightly more obvious? But yeah, um, it, I, th- I felt like, again, I don't know if it's the announcer's fault, but none of this was being very well explained. <laughs> Like you're picking up on little bits and pieces about they did talk about rumours of an alliance or an allegiance mm-hmm. and things, but they're they're maybe just not planting the seeds quite enough as you've been going. Yeah, my pro- uh, my problem is is why on earth would Luger align himself with these nutters? <laughs> like he doesn't fit with them. No, uh, no. <laughs> so I was just like, oh, even if there was hints that Luger was aligned with the Dungeon of Doom, I genuinely wasn't in back, wasn't buying it at all. Mm. Um, anyway, I have got that Mean Gene is with the Giant next, but I clearly wasn't too impressed because I didn't take any notes. Uh, mean Gene uh, with the Giant ahead of the Monster Truck match. Giant, like. Giant did this weird thing where he was like, obviously he's got a much bigger hand than Mean Gene, and he's like gripped the hand and he's pulled the mic up quite high, and Mean Gene just looks quite physically uncomfortable through the the whole segment. Um, Giant's talking about how he's going to choke slam Hogan through the floor, and uh, yeah, I've clearly got quite annoyed. What the fuck is the point? of the monster truck thing being on the same show as they have the title match. Why is any of this happening? Why would you not just do this on TV if you needed to do it? Why? Um, yeah. It's such a Bischoff thing. Have you ever heard Bischoff talking about it? No. No, me neither. I, I think guarantee I, that he'll, he'll, he'll um, defend it. I think when he's been talking about other things, I've heard Conrad just like lay into him constantly saying, I mean, you kill the guy. You threw, you threw a guy off a roof. You killed him. Um, so he, he comes to that quite a lot, but I've never actually heard them discussing it. Okay. Okay, so our next match is the aforementioned tag match between Arn Anderson, Brian Pillman, taking on what was supposed to be Sting and Ric Flair. We get a lot of build-up from this, but the, the thing that should stick with you is Sting, says to, Sting basically says to Flair... If you screw me on this, I'm going to trust you this one time. If you screw me on this, I will bury you in the ground. 
<laughs> so which I, I really I, liked. At what, at what point did you think oh, he's, he's going to screw him? <laughs> Aye, pretty much for when they opened the pay-per-view and they said that Arn Anderson and Brian Pillman had attacked Ric Flair. I think this yeah. was really well done, to be fair. I, I like this. I, do you know what? I, I, I liked the... Although the match was never really about the in-ring because... So the way this pans out, Sting comes out on his own and we've been told that, you know, Ric Flair's had this beating. So you've basically got a handicap match. So you're not getting your sort of normal tag team match dynamic, although they're making Sting look like, you know, oh, if anyone in absolute, the world can, can deal with these two guys, it's Sting. Uh, but I like the idea of an Arn Anderson and Brian Pillman team and when they walked out together, I think we saw this maybe in the last uh, Havoc, where Pillman's gone heel, yeah. and he's a really cocky bastard, but I like him <laughs> like that. He, he plays it really well. Brilliant. I uh, like you say that like Sting does this incredible job um, of fighting his corner against the pair of them. Uh, eventually, Flair appears in his, his day clothes. He's got his shoes and his shirt and, and trousers on. Uh, and he's, the, I think it's probably the first time in the pay per view the crowd are, crowd are into this. Uh-huh. And, and why would yeah. they not be? Yeah. Um, Flair's given it full over the top, trying desperately to get to Arn and, and Pillman. Uh, and I started to think to myself, any time he gets close to them, he's not actually putting his hands on them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've got my notes. He's 100% screwing stick here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so eventually Flair gets in uh, when Sting manages to fend off the attacks. Flair gets in and all three of them round on Sting and beat the shit yeah. to him. Yeah. But it's great. It's, but it's Flair. It's almost too obvious, but uh-huh. you sort of enjoy watching it anyway. It was. The thing I really liked about it, and you touched on it before there, so often in the past when you've had a swerve in a match, you look and think, Alright, but he was beating the shit out of him for ages. Do we just forget that? Do we just forget Mm -hmm. that he was attacking the guys he's now aligned with and he was physically doing them damage? But as you say, Flair didn't because when he came down and he had his I'm going to make the save, he didn't really attack them. It was more of a verbals, more of an intimidation thing. And then he just had to go and stand in the corner Mm -hmm. because... Sting was the legal man, and he hadn't been tagged in. So it made it kind of work from that point of view. Um, that, yeah, these these despicable so-and-sos were just waiting and then timing their moment. And it felt... It feels right. It feels right to see Flair aligned with Arn Anderson. That's And we know Pillman was in the, the, the Horseman group. So uh, I wouldn't say it came as a surprise when it happened, but I thought they did it well. Yeah. I agree. Uh, and this, this, you get three of your your new four horsemen here. Do you know who the fourth was? Was it? Or is it Benoit here, or is it yeah. too early for? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think they must recruit him after this. Um, okay. The announcer actually announces Anderson as representing the horsemen, um, right? But they aren't actually horsemen at the time. Because I remember thinking that's weird. They're doing a horseman without a flair. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Nice. Nicely done. No, it was good. Uh, who have we got here? Who else? Mean Gene pushing the hotline again. Um, and this is where he's outraged and is, let me get a word with these three gentlemen here. 
It was great. Because he was so wound up, but he kept telling the hotline. <laughs> I am... This, I never in the history of the business have I... You can hear all about this. <laughs> Amazing. So Flair grabs the microphone, uh-huh. cuts a promo on Sting. Flair sort of gets to the end of his end of his thing and he's like, tell them Arn. And then Arn does what... Arn's class, eh? We've said this before, but he's oh, so good yeah. with the promo. Yeah. Uh, Pillman giving it a woo. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was good. Or, yeah, who, who, says, a... who says we're reunited and it feels so good? Is that Arn Anderson? Yeah, he, he does a... Uh, because the, the, the fans have clearly been chanting for the Horsemen. And when Flair hadn't appeared for the match, they were chanting, we want Flair mm-hmm. um, early on in the match. Um, so Arn kind of leans into that, basically saying, you asked for it. Now you've got it. The Horsemen are back. And I just thought, that's, that's class. That's class. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Iron Mike Tenet in the back with Lex Luger. He refers to uh, Sting as his good friend. And I was thinking, but you didn't come out to help your good friend when he was outnumbered. Nope. Yeah. Only only seconds ago, but I was thinking I was being a smart arse by pointing that out, but maybe, just maybe that was a bit of foreshadowing. Yep. About Luger going to the dark side. He intends to be all over the macho man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and plans to make an example of him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then we get some oh we get some background. On Hogan versus the Giant, we get an interview with Bischoff. Now appears to be in the in the commentator chair with Heenan, and they're talking to some. Was it the man that had made the or built these monster trucks? So yeah, definitely involved in the process. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. And then it cuts to the roof, and everybody's shouting and stuff. Like that, and Hogan realizes the camera's on, and he's like, "Wait a minute! What are the rules? Tell us, ref brother." It's amazing. Oh God. <sighs> so so this is the monster truck match. This is so we get them face off. There's there's rules. I think their monster trucks are like welded together so that they can push yeah. off each other. Yeah, I, I'll be honest with you. I fast forwarded the monster truck match. I apologise. Yeah. I, I I don't have much in the way of notes, but I can <laughs> run through what I've got. Right. Um... I, I, I watched. I, I watched what happened once the monster truck was out the ring, which is probably the important stuff, but yeah, yeah, go for it. Okay, so Hogan, there's something Hogan says in the build-up about him having made his own monster truck, Um, and I'm sure he thinks, I'm sure he thinks he did. Uh, (laughs) Yes! Amazing! um, My notes, I'm not going to be talking about a monster truck sumo match. I'd rather watch the fucking Yeti. Um, Yeti! (laughs) Hogan, they, they go back and forward, Hogan eventually wins driving the giant out of the circle. Yes, an actual monster truck sumo match on pay-per-view. Do you think that's a real thing? Like, do you think that's what monster truck... I really don't know. I really don't know. Okay. Um, and yeah, that like all they do is go back and forward for a bit. That's, that's it. And then eventually Hogan drives uh, the giant out, so Hogan wins. Thanks for that. The um, they get out their cars, they fight towards the edge of the roof. For some reason, one of them, I think, is the giant, actually stands right up on the edge of the roof. So Hogan joins them. It looks like the giant's going to throw Hogan off the roof, and instead, the giant falls off the roof. 
And uh, a very concerned Terry says, Oh no, brother. He starts asking for help, doesn't he? He starts yeah. calling for help. Um, yeah, so, yeah, Hogan, so he, he plays the good guy in that he, he looks like he tried to save him. I mean, if he had, if he's falling like <laughs> he's, that he's and Hogan gone. grabs the giant, he is going straight down with him. That That's a heavy dude. Um, I, don't, I don't care about the largest arms in the world. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, he's, so the giant's dead because we've been told how high this is and the fact that there's a river below. Now, just with the height, he's not surviving it. He's, he's done. We're, we're, we're going to have to cancel the main event, which is unfortunate. But that's what you get when you host a fucking stupid match like this and your pay-per-view ahead of your title match. Very true, Adam. Very true. Uh, afterwards, Brain is irate that this has happened. I've never seen him. I mean, this was this is it's not fair to flare levels of yeah of concern. Yeah, uh, throughout almost throughout the rest of well, we've got Luger versus Macho Man next, but he, he's very angry. Tony Schiavone, so you've just watched the guy fall off a roof. For as as far as you're being fed the story, you've just watched the guy fall off a roof. And Tony Schiavone says, "I'll be honest with you, I don't know if we have a world title match." <laughs> <laughs> He's got he's got his priorities straight as Tony Schiavone. I'm just I'm just Schiavone's like very tongue in cheek and wink wink at the camera sort of thing. Like whilst brains hundred percent selling that this has happened, it's yeah. just occurred to me have, have we missed the the maniac Mike winning the winning the motorcycle thing? Did I just did we just not take notes on that? I didn't take notes on that. Do you remember that though? Yeah. Maniac Mike, he's yeah. going to drive this all the way. The guy's poor wife standing next to him looks like absolutely <laughs> devastated that she's on this <laughs> television show. <laughs> uh, anyway, okay, so we're 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 Luger Luger Savage. Oh God, uh, Jimmy Hart makes his way to the ring for reasons. He just he just sort of stands at the side, doesn't he? Yeah, he gets involved a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't enjoy this match. Luger versus mm-hmm. Savage, you would think we would have, but no. I was wanting a proper match, and it never really came to it. They, they do the thing at the start where Luger extends the, the hand for a handshake, and Savage, sort of, I think, either kicks him or swats it away or something. Um, and, you know, Savage always been played as this ultra-paranoid guy. I think that's fully realistic for him. Definitely. Uh, but, but before you've even really got up and running, Jimmy Hart's making his way to ringside, and you're immediately like, something's going on. Um, but you just don't quite know exactly what yet, because it's not like we've seen Jimmy Hart aligned with the Dungeon of Doom. Um, mm-hmm. So you can't really come up with the link very, very naturally in your mind. Um, there's a, There's just a few... <laughs> There's basically a few wrestling moves. I don't know how long this even went. Sav- Sav- I remember Savage doing some selling on the outside um, and then starting taking control while still on the outside. And then Jimmy Hart's like up on the apron speaking to the ref. For like, a very long time. They're just having a yeah. chat. Yeah. 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 This went through, nope. Oh, five minutes. Okay. <sighs> Five minutes too long. Um, yeah, you wonder why Jimmy Hart's up there, but he ends up he ends up getting in the way. I think Luger gets mm-hmm. 
sort of uh, ran into him by Savage. Savage hits the elbow um, yep. and gets the win. Pretty yeah. easy, easy night for Savage. Mm-hmm. So you're looking to think, because Savage is, uh, sorry, Jimmy Hart is aligned with Hogan here. He's Hogan's manager. So you're looking thinking, well, uh, again, I was trying to make sense of it in my head. Even if they've not officially said winner of this gets, you know, number one contender or whatever, is Hogan's preference to face uh, Savage rather than Lex Luger? Is he scared of Lex Luger or something? But again, it's just all a bit of a shit show because nothing's been properly explained to you. Yeah. And that's so fine. It- that not knowing all the answers, but it it didn't. I didn't think it even you know <laughs> give you enough to start forming your own conclusions. Yeah, like you, it's fine to to jump in on this a year through and not understand what's going on, but you get the impression mm. that they've not actually explained it to everybody mm-hmm. else who's watching week to week yeah. as well. Yeah, uh, this is where Brain is irate and he storms off because he's he's needing updates. Um, he's obviously very concerned about the giant Uh, but not to be perturbed Hogan just comes out anyway we have um, Michael Buffer announcing him Uh, pretty peculiar everybody's been witness to Hogan throwing a man off the top of a building and he's getting a huge crowd pop which is (laughs) questionable for Detroit (laughs) Hogan says Hogan grabs a mic and says I didn't want the giant to take the plunge, brother. <laughs> Why did you throw him off a building, Terry? Sick freak. Oh, brilliant. Um, oh. Just as he's saying it, the giant appears with the Taskmaster and Hogan just stares at the hard camera, which also gave me a laugh. Yeah. It's a bit like Jim in the office. So it's yeah. like looking at the brother. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the biggest worry that I got at this moment wasn't that, you know, is the giant fine or is he, you know, uh, the walking dead? Is he, you know, is everyone okay? Um, but it was more, I, I looked at the time left on the show and I thought, is this going to go like close to 20 minutes because I'm not I'm not into watching a Hogan be giant 20 minute match <laughs> well thankfully what did it last we got a lot of kerfuffle oh my god did it was 60 minutes yeah we got a lot he, of the, the, the thing the biggest thing that got me and I, I can't I can't think if it was referenced by any, oh, one god. of the announcers but he's completely bone dry the giant and they've talked about the fact there's this massive river that's below and he must have gone into the river and that's how he survived but it's not even like wet hair or anything he is completely dry and i was thinking at least sell it a bit chuck a bucket of water over him before he goes out or something like that so what's the story they're selling us here that he's just some undefeatable monster yeah yeah i think that's what they're going for Cause like obviously that's pretty obvious, but also like they didn't really mention it. I think they're just saying, "Oh, there's not a scratch on him." It's like, no shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's bizarre. Um, That Hogan's got devil horns on his face. That obviously, you know, he's got this sort of Hollywood Hogan black stuff on, and they talk a lot throughout the pay per view of him embracing his dark side. 
Jimmy Hart's dressed like Johnny Cash for some reason. Um, yeah, this was all this was all a bit weird, and we just get a typical Hogan match, really. I was also, like, at the start of this, I got annoyed by something that was said in commentary because I think they referenced the fact this isn't going to be, you know, your classic wrestling match. Oh, and like Heenan, every Hogan match, of course. He- Heenan said, not like an Eddie Guerrero match. And I thought, he was in... They've, they've had him here, and he's in a dark match, isn't he? So well, that's, that's weird. That's about, that is weird. I th- he must have been on the show for him to mention him by name, surely. Because um, it'd be a strange thing to say. What year was this? 95? Yeah. I'm sure Benoit was on the... was on a dark match as well, but is, uh, there's it, no additional matches on. On cage match. On uh, Wikipedia, it's showing Eddie Guerrero against Disco Inferno. Oh, God. Paul Orndorff against the the Renegade? Nice. Was that the fake Ultimate Warrior guy? Who's that, that like? Became the, uh, Eddie Von Erich? No, no, no. I think this is maybe a guy that they brought in to make it seem like he was Ultimate Warrior, but he wasn't. Um, yeah. Just to get the, the crowd reaction, and then obviously they end up signing the real Ultimate Warrior, which will have, I think, killed off this whole thing. But you also had Chris Benoit and Dean Malenko beating uh, Stephen Regal and Earl Robert Eaton, Bob Eaton, I assume. Oh, nice. I would have taken that. Yeah. Over anything that we've watched so far. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah just, just give us the dark matches. That's an odd, an odd comment from the brain. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to see Hogan doing a frog splash, brother. <laughs> um... Where are we? Yeah, Devil Horns painted on. Yep. Uh, Hogan's fighting a little bit dirty. He's doing his eye raking and, and back raking and, and whatever. Uh-huh. There, was, there was one thing he did that really annoyed me, and it used to annoy me when The Rock did it as well. Um, there's a, a chokeslam by the giant. Um, Big one. And Yeah, and you're obviously designed to be thinking, well, that's it, that's it. But before he even covers him, or as he's covering him, Hogan just puts his arms yeah, under yeah, yeah. and I that well, obviously he's kicking out. I've had, had memories of The Rock doing similar uh, a couple of times during his career. Um, so so that yeah, that... Point, that point we get Hulk up and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, the usual. Does he hit the leg drop? I think he does. He hits the leg drop yeah. and it's at that point that Jimmy Hart reveals his these true colours. I would never have thought Jimmy Hart would have double crossed Hulk Hogan, would you? Nah. I, like, I, I, it does make me wonder where they go because um, I have had it. He's definitely not involved with Hogan when he goes NWO. NWO, no. no. Um, so maybe this is kind of it in terms mm. of the the on-screen dynamic coming down in because I think it, it was always the story that he was his he was his real life manager like he would book his travel and hotels and stuff like that and eventually they just aligned him with him uh, on screen I think they did it when he first remember when he came back and he was like teaming with Beefcake when he came back yep. to WWF I'm sure they aligned him with him then and then probably ever since he moved across but yeah I think he gets referred to as having been Hogan's weed carrier for, for quite a while right and remember, according to Hogan, he had, he had number one Billboard hits, Jimmy Hart. 
So anyway, Jimmy Hart nails the ref with the belt, but Hulkster doesn't actually know that that's happened. Um, I don't think the commentary team are even fully aware of what's happened, which is quite funny. Uh, At that point, we get Luger, Savage, and the Yeti coming out. And Adam, could you describe to me what you would think a Yeti looks like? So, what I would have thought a yeti would look like, because I think a member of like the the gorilla family, I mm-hmm. think, um, but I think maybe white haired. So mm-hmm. I was I was picturing this massive white haired gorilla type creature. Um, it's not what I got. Not giant Gonzalez wrapped in bandages. No, <laughs> which is what we got. Yeah, and then the yeti did some sort of humping. Yeah, humping motion. So Luger comes out and batters Savage. The yet Big Show. Oh, I'm all over the place here. The Giant has got Hogan in a bear hug. Yeah, on one side of him. Yeah, just your normal bear hug. The Yeti comes the other side to provide some warmth on the other side, and just kind of starts very discreetly thrusting his hips. <laughs> Until it gets to, well, some might call it the vinegar strokes. He he starts getting faster and faster. Uh, That was quite a sight to behold. What was that? Yeah, I had no explanation for this. I've got some stuff in my nose, but basically just slightly different way of saying what you're saying. It looked so bad. Like, I, I couldn't think, I'm trying to remember if the announcers were saying anything about what he was actually doing, because I couldn't think how you would describe it without talking about it, basically look like he's just thrusting at him. <laughs> oh, dear. Luger puts a torture rack on Hogan, then he puts on Savage. Heenan says, you will never see a pay-per-view like this again. Kind of thinking, oh, well, let's see. We've got 96 still to go. Uh, Michael Buffer announces the Giant is the winner. Yeah, it's so a disqualification because of Jimmy Hart, is it? Yeah, it's because Jimmy Hart hit Hogan. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking Michael Buffer uh, announced that um, KSI versus who was he fighting? Tommy Fury match mm-hmm. at the weekend there. What, what do you think is like the low point in his career, that or this? That's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like. I suppose you think he has the slightest. He won't have the slightest idea what's about to happen, will he? And just be like, "Here's the names. You do the intro. When it ends, we'll tell you who to call as the winner." Yep. Uh, no you have to wonder if he's got any. That must be a paycheck to him. Yeah, oh yeah. That can't be enjoyment. I, I imagine right at the end of it, you're like maybe going and knocking on a door and saying, "Okay, okay." Some, I wouldn't t- be doing this again unless. <laughs> I never ever want to see a seven foot man thrust in like that ever in my life again, unless I've paid for it. Yeah, uh, I, I, I've said here at the bottom of my notes that's maybe the worst pay per view I've ever seen, legitimately. Yeah. We was, must have the, said that a lot, though. Yeah, there's there's one... I remember one that was absolutely terrible. It was like a... I think it was called December to Dismember um, when they were still trying to do the ECWWF thing, WWE thing. Mm-hmm. 
and I think it was just non-stop arguments between Heyman and and Vince about who would go over and stuff like that. And clearly, he just decided, nah, I'm not, I'm not trying anymore. Um, but I'd have to go back and rewatch to decide if it was actually worse than this. And I don't want to go back and rewatch. <laughs> here's some, here's some comments from Cage Match. Uh, make the Dungeon of Doom go away, please. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> a sloppy and confusing mess of a pay-per-view that shouts out for some quality but ends up dying in its pitiful sorrows. Oh, somebody's a wordsmith. Uh, there were a few bright moments, one of them literally thanks to the Sheik. Brilliant. Uh, I'll give it two because there is some good stuff if you want to look for it. Well, I'm not sure. Yeah. Flair, maybe, maybe. WCW is just the worst. Every match is <laughs> bad or worse, except for Flair, Sting, Anderson, and Pullman. That was fun, but probably not a match I'd recommend. It can't save this event. It is so, so bad. Especially everything to do with the Giant and Hulk Hogan. It's almost, but not quite so bad. It's good. That's fair. That's that sums up pretty well. Yeah. Shocker. Shall we take a peek at 96, or do you want to leave it a uh, hmm, uh, surprise? I, I'm happy to look. Let's have think, a peek. Um... I, I know what the main event is, but I don't know anything else, so let's have a wee look. Okay. We'll be an NWO country, won't we? Um, yeah. Maybe only a few months into it, but yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, 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 well. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, who's Damien? Who's Halloween? There's a dark match. There's a dark match. Uh, who's this? Hooventud and Psychosis versus Damien and Halloween. That's Ooh. someone that I've never heard of before. I assume it's a uh, luchador. Anyway, uh, first match is a cruiserweight title match: Mysterio versus Malenko. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. Singles match, DDP versus Eddie. Okay. Okay. Jeff Jarrett versus the Giant. Jeff Jarrett with Ric Flair versus the Giant. Okay. Uh, Chris Jericho versus Six. Yes. Nice. We'll take that. Arn versus Lex. Okay. Could be all right. This is all sounding okay. It is. Uh, Tag team match, Chris Benoit and Steve McMichael. Ah, no. Okay. Versus the faces of fear, Meng and the Barbarian with Jimmy Hart. Oh, this is what Jimmy Hart went and did. Okay. This is sounding very, I don't know, Survivor Series 1990 yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Uh, Harlem Heat versus Outsiders. Okay, I can live with that. Yep. And WCW World Heavyweight title match, Hollywood Hogan with Ted DiBiase versus Randy Savage. Mm. Oh no, Dusty's on commentary. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta tell you, damn, I, that sounds. Um, there's no. It's a, it Jim sounds Duggan okay. versus Steve Austin. Aye, it, aye. it does sound okay. Uh, I, I've never really, you know, Steve McMichael wrestling him, but you know that's one match. Um, the Giant v Jeff, we'll see. But the rest, of it, you know, I, could, I, could be. I'll be heavily rooting for Savage, although I suspect I know the outcome already in that title match. But still, I think this sounds okay. 
And for a movie, we've decided, because 1996 was pretty much dominated horror-wise by Scream, um, mm-hmm. we've decided, because we'll be recording on the 31st, that we're going to watch the original Halloween and talk about that. Nice. nice. So, yeah, a couple of things to actually look forward to. Yeah. Yeah, I am uh, I'm a big fan of Halloween. Like the film, it's uh, as I mentioned earlier, it's definitely one of my favourites. Um, and I think I don't think I've watched it for a wee while now. So yeah, looking forward to that. I thought this was the year that we would get that um, Eddie versus Rey Mysterio match, uh, okay. where Rey's got that all-in-one Halloween-themed coloured suit on. That must be next year. Yeah, okay. uh, Jericho versus X Pack. I'm all. I'm all about that. That'd be good. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Right. You can get yourself to your bed and feel better, hopefully. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, that might be happening very soon. Yeah. Uh, And we shall speak in two weeks. Until then, take it easy, buddy. Cool. Cheers.